You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Oh, boy, but before we get to the podcast, you know what we got to do. If you're tired of hearing it, just fast-forward it, but if you've already done it, just fast-forward it. If you haven't listened to it, don't fast-forward it. You know what you got to do. You got to hit us up on all those social media outlets. You can hit us up at TNWPod on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Talking Wrestling. Uh, you can find us at Gmail if you want to send us a Gmail. Uh, why don't you just hit us up at the old uh, TalkingWrestling at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Instagram and see all the pretty pictures we put up, well, then do that and uh, go to Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we are on Spotify. We are also on um where else we we are on iTunes, we are on Spotify. If you're on Spotify, follow the podcast. Give us a heart, give us a like. Uh, do what you need to do on the Spotify. Put us on a list, whatever you like. Uh, subscribe to us on the Spotify. And uh, if you are on iTunes, uh, give us a rate, review, subscribe. If you can give us five stars and a favorable review, we will find you, and then you, and then we will tell you that we see the review, and then you will find us. Send us your address, and then we will send you a postcard from the '80s from my 1984 All Star Wrestling postcard book. The last postcard I just sent out was Roddy Piper. Uh, there are many more, many more. All right, uh, L.A. You love wildfires? I got Tommy Rich. We got him. I can email him to you. Uh, you know, all it takes is five stars and a favorable review. Uh, with that said today, I'm excited to have my guest in studio. We are on the road, and I am in Sudbury right now, and uh, up in uh, northern Ontario. And my guest is an independent wrestler, a professional wrestler by the name of uh, El Tornado. Uh, how you doing, El Tornado? Do you want to go El Tornado, or do we want to go r- real name, or what are we going to do here? Let's just go Tornado. It's fine. Tornado's fine? Sounds good. All right, as long yeah, as long as it's uh, not a Texas tornado, no, just a regular tornado. No, so. he's not doing so hot. No, he's not doing so hot. He's actually very cold, and <laughs> cool, and composed, or uh, composing, um, decomposing. Actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, somebody said uh, I had a guy from Montreal on the podcast, a comedian, and uh, we were talking Montreal wrestlers. And he mentioned that Dino Bravo died of lead poisoning. Yeah, he did. <laughs> severe, severe lead poisoning. Now, uh, now, Tornado, um, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally, and how did you get into wrestling? Well, I'm from Sudbury right here, and um, I've been wrestling for over 20 years. Um, got into it basically because um, my high school sports ran out, and then uh, I just wanted to keep being physical and keep being uh competitive so uh, i found a wrestling school down in cambridge ontario and the rest is history that's great and were you a wrestling fan growing up did you watch the wrestling 100 percent. yeah with me it was uh what we were talking about earlier was the was the wrestling that used to come around this area out of montreal so we used to get 
uh, International Wrestling, which was Gino Brito's company. We used to get a little bit of Grand Prix, which was also Gino Brito's a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, out of uh, Niagara Falls area was George Cannon's Superstars of Wrestling. So you're getting some top quality, top notch wrestling. Oh, yeah. like, you're going, like, the, you know, like you're getting in Sudbury, you're getting the Long Riders versus the Road Warriors. That's right. Isn't yeah. that insane? Like, going back and thinking about that and thinking about some of these guys that you're watching, because international wrestling or La Lute Internationale to our uh, French friends. Uh, it was uh, they broke in so many great wrestlers, like they broke in Samu, they broke in Rikishi, mm-hmm. uh, Haku, Haku. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, they, they and then they had really great runs like Dr. D. David Schultz ran through there yeah. and wreaked all havoc. And uh, uh, Steve DeSalvo, Strangler to Steve DeSalvo, yeah. Steve would, Strong, yeah, Steve Strong, who he he might have been the most roided up guy I've ever and, seen, yeah. Yeah, like a five foot two guy with more pimples on his back than. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. his, his his face looked <laughs> oh, yeah. like his face looked like the moon. It like, did. It was it's just, made of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. But the wrestlers they had, and of course uh, the Rougeos and the and the and the Britos and the and the. But they respected the business. The, the the matches they were they were putting on were told wonderful stories, and and that was the the basis of it. You know, they weren't insulting anybody. The the matches were good. The wrestling was good. You know, even to go deep in the Rougeos and go to Armand Rougeau yeah, and, and guys it. who never really left. Like you know, there was even a Gino Brito Jr. If yeah, you recall. Oh, yeah. So these guys never left. You know, the yeah. that area. They never went elsewhere, but they were still top notch workers. Yeah, Gino Brito Jr. was the the Bruce Hart. Yeah. Of, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Of international wrestling, yeah. <laughs> but he was so because he had to tag with the spoiler every yeah, once in he a while. Had to tag with the spoiler. <laughs> But he was all he and was, the farmer Louis Laurence, <laughs> Louis Laurent. yeah, Louis J. Prue. Oh, jeepers! Uh, Do you remember a guy, um, Richard the Boss Charlan? Yeah, I think so. He was my favorite wrestler. He's to this day. There's a on YouTube. If you go and put his name in, there's him and Terry Taylor doing a match at Madison Square Garden. Not Madison Square, sorry, uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. Oh my God! Like that guy to me, growing up, was the man. Like he did everything that I liked. His movement was so good in the ring. Yeah, so he was he was the best. There was like yeah, was, when I think about like certain guys, like Gino Brito Jr. too. Like he had that, that mustache, and he was like a he was like a cross between if somebody took Scott Hall, shrunk him, and put him in Dino Bravo's body. That's right. With a because like, he had that hairy chest. Magnum Scott Hall. Magnum Scott Hall. <laughs> <laughs> they had to shrink him with the hairy chest. Yeah, and 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 and, 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 and he tagged with Dino Bravo quite a bit actually, and uh, it was pretty funny. And I used to love that, like, even though um, like storylines would mix into the AWA, yes, because the AWA would loan a lot of wrestlers, including because, the heavyweight champion, including the heavyweight champion, yep. and like you know, and he would show up like a lot of times. Um, even now, even though indies uh, will share like will share talent, mm-hmm. it's very seldom you'll see um, an indie wrestler like uh, Johnny Mundo or John Morrison or Johnny uh, Impact or Johnny whatever you want to call him this week. Um, if he has his Impact title and he goes wrestle somewhere, he doesn't show up with the Impact title. Yep. The only guy I know that was doing that was maybe Austin Aries because that was his gimmick. He mm-hmm. walked around with eight belts, yeah. and which is crazy because he's vegan. And so these aren't all synthetic leathers, <laughs> or maybe they are. But you know, he should be like Daniel Bryan and have a wooden belt now, which yeah, is fantastic. That's pretty funny. Um, but uh, he's probably pissed about it too because he's probably <laughs> been saying, you know, that should be his. But anyway, um, the whole point is, uh, even though. Uh, 
they, they share talent, the belts still don't cross. They, they won't come in with the other, but some, you know, and I've noticed that. But, uh, but with the, back in the day, Rick Martel would show up wearing the AWA title, mm-hmm. and Dino Bravo would be uh, the international title, yeah. and then uh, they would they would tag together and stuff like that. But I remember when Rick Martel lost the belt to Stan Hansen, uh, he lost it uh, due to the Boston Crab. Boston Crab, yep. But what happened, like weeks earlier in Montreal, was Stan Hansen came in and attacked him and kept ramming his back into the outside of the post. But that was never saw on AWA. Yeah. So people don't know the back. There was like. French backstory to keep Ricky strong mm-hmm. in in French Canadian as, as French as far as the French go they had to keep him strong but the rest of the people like in Minnesota and watching this they're just watching Ricky Martel give just, up to Stan Hansen yeah. and they don't know that Stan Hansen showed up in Montreal and fucked up his back that's right you know and uh I always find that very interesting. Well, they even used to do title changes that never happened, right? Because like, there's no internet. So you go, oh, last night in Peace River, Alberta, uh, you know, yeah. and it never happened. There was no show in anywhere, and, and they just used to do stuff like that all the time. Well, there was one. Well, I, w- I would tell people, I go on a wrestling podcast called We Watch Wrestling. It's based out of L.A., and uh, I go on, usually I go to L.A. once a year to do the podcast. And uh, I was telling them, I was like, like, in French wrestling, like even the French WWE production, I said they would favor the French wrestlers and stuff like that throughout mm-hmm. the eighties. And I said, like, I said the Rougeos beat the Hart Foundation in Boston, but it was never announced in English wrestling on Challenge or Superstars. When I watched, well, I watched the French wrestling, and the Rougeos had the belts for like a week or That's two. Right. That's right. And 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 they did not believe me that this happened. It was I'm like, market pers- specific the way they were they were doing even their promos all that stuff was all market to, oh, yeah. to geared toward the where they were going. It's crazy. So um yeah, so anyways, I just always found it interesting and it's uh, so funny that we grew up watching the same yeah. the same wrestling but they never hit Iron Prior. They never no, came to Iron that way. No, we got like we got Did uh, you get the Bear Man? We got Bear Man tours yeah. and stuff like that. Like we got uh I remember the first wrestling match I ever saw was Angelo Mosca Jr. filling in for his dad. His dad uh, no-showed, I guess, but whatever. I'm not going to argue about it. Um, Want your money back? You no, know, no. I, <laughs> I don't. I You're know, over that now? Okay. I didn't know who Angelo Mosca. I didn't okay. know who any of these wrestlers were. Sure, sure, were. sure. They were just wrestlers, and now when you go back, I know all the wrestlers yeah. almost. Like uh, Ricky Johnson wrestled mm-hmm. uh, The Sheik. And that was a. I remember that match, and and Sweet Daddy Seeky was also on. Yep. And there was a bear, and there was uh, a bear. I was only. I was Have you ever read the book? Um, uh, what this is called Drawing Heat. It's about that area and the bear man. Oh yeah, it's no, fantastic. I never, it's a, I never have. It's but a gonna, great book. It it's it a great book. It's probably the best wrestling book I've ever read. Yeah, yeah. It's called Drawing Heat. Okay, um, it's it probably a chapter. You can probably order. A I think so. Yeah, go. yeah. I'll pick it up this week. Um, because I have a chapters card, fifty dollar gift certificate. So I've been looking for a new uh, wrestling, uh, wrestling uh, book to read. Drawing Heat seems to be the one. So um, yeah, it's it's just all crazy. So and, and I didn't know that that tour because like I talked to my buddy Pete Zedlacher was on the show and he lives in Sault Ste. Marie or he's from Sault Ste. Marie and uh, we were talking. We had him on the show and he was talking about the wrestling bear and I was talking about the wrestling bear and then he was talking about. <laughs> Running into Angelo Mosca Jr. at the gym, I'm like, wait a minute, same tour. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this has to be the same tour. Yeah. And then I was like, was Sweet Daddy Seeky in here? He's like, yes. And like, we couldn't because we couldn't because like Sweet Daddy Seeky, um, the <laughs> they had it. They had this whole thing. And it's the worst thing ever. Um, and Pete Zedlacher said it on the podcast. 
Uh, he said the announcer in Sault Ste. Marie, as Sweet Daddy Siki was walking out, said, folks, he's Sweet Daddy Siki. And he goes, he hates it when you call him. And then he would say the N-word. Oh, my God. And, like, this, this, you know, it's like, <laughs> I was like, well, I think everybody would hate it when you call yeah, him. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> But it would encourage the fans to yeah. like start yelling. And like yeah. it's like and like uh, drawing I, heat, baby. I can't, even, I can't even imagine how that conversation goes. Like, hey, yes, sweet daddy, tonight, do you mind if we do that? Uh, draw, you know, if we he doesn't mind if you call him this. Yeah, yeah. you know, is that uh, the cheap pop of the day? Uh, I guess so. You know, draw it on the yeah. heat. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, let's get to your um, yeah. So you trained in Cambridge, and yep. and where did you train? Uh, well, it was uh, the Hart Brothers fake school of wrestling, and uh, but uh, and which which one? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but the the really good thing is that uh, we could live there, mm-hmm. so I ended up I did all my training within two months. And was this the one that Smith was involved? Oh with? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, which yeah. I've never met him, and I don't want to meet him. I think he's dead, isn't he? Well, then I'll never meet him. Then. <laughs> um, then, um, but uh, so good thing was when we got there, uh, I met Tyson Dukes day one, yeah, and we're friends to this day. The second best thing that happened is Joe Legend was living there as our trainer, so yeah. that was amazing. So basically, we slept, woke up, trained, ate, trained, went to bed, and that's why we were able to train, I think, in that short amount of time, yeah. And then when he left, talking about Quebec wrestling, Carl LeDuc, yeah came and uh what a great trainer what a great wrestler that guy is and uh so thank god he came along because when joe left for uh, i believe germany he never came back (laughs) so so uh so um you know carl kind of came in the very next day and uh stayed and he was amazing what a great trainer that is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, of course, Lou Duke's also yep. famous Montreal wrestler. Yeah, Joe and his Duke, dad, Carl Paul, Duke. would come up once in a while. It was nice to see him and talk talk the old wrestling with him, too. That's fantastic. And where do you do most of your wrestling these days? Who are you wrestling with? Right now, I'm, well, I uh, own a company called Rock Solid Wrestling, and we do shows all over uh, northern Ontario up into the Collingwood area in Owen Sound. Okay. So we do about 20 live events a year, and we have a television show on uh, East Link TV. Awesome. Uh, you should be better watch it tonight at 11 o'clock. I will. And then, uh, yeah, so uh, we're doing that, and we have a bunch of projects, lots of television projects, and we're, oh, we're rocking. Yeah. That's great. It's such a, the, the market for wrestling, independent wrestling, is thriving. Oh, 100%. And, and it's, uh, it's a great time for wrestling. It's probably the best it's time. It's very much like the music business, like where, where punk music kind of came. When, when music started to get, like in the late 70s, when music started getting too disco-y, then yeah. all the bottom... Like the underground stuff started to grow, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and I think that's where we're at now. Is that people, you know, there's the WWE, it's a monopoly, it's 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 very canned, yeah, and uh, so people are looking at else, and the talent's out there. There's tons of talent. Ontario's a the I always called Ontario the promised land for pro wrestling. You, you know? never know what's gonna get picked out. Like like look at a lot of people did not know who Sunny Kiss was mm-hmm. up until AEW just signed. That oh, that's great. Them, them. I don't know. I want to say that, but I, I want to say him. I want to say her. I don't know the proper. I'm, I'm not. But yeah. Sonny, I'm just gonna say Sunny sure. until they sign Sunny. You know, now everybody's learning who Sunny Kiss is. Mm-hmm. I've seen Sunny Kiss wrestle at Greek Town Wrestling in Toronto, yes. and it's just for me. It's just like like I had to Google it to make sure it was the same wrestler. Like I'm like, are we it's for serious? Like, but you know. Um, Diversity is something that more and more people want in wrestling. But but wrestling's been like that 
until the cookie cutter era, which is the what you're seeing now in WWE TV. Before that, you had your Adrian Adonis, you had your, you know, yeah. your Sheiks, you had your, you had every body style, you every had, body style and every different exactly. Color. Everybody was represented until uh, the developmental kind of thing happened, and then uh, like really back in the OVW days would be probably, in my opinion, when the cookie cutters yeah. thing started. You know, well, it's almost like we're going we're going back and, and resetting. And territories are developing. Yeah, 100%. And, and what's beautiful about that is that's when it's healthy. Mm-hmm. you know. And I wish the WWE would, would squash a lot of their ter- their uh, developmental stuff and just draw from, you know, like, because look at back in the day, we're talking about uh, Montreal wrestling. Yeah. The best of Montreal wrestling went to the WWE. Yeah. Now, where they fell in the WWE's, you know, if they were opener or main eventing, you know, that was up to them. But at the, but at the end of the day, the first match till the last match was amazing. Yeah. Because you had the best guys. From every territory. Yeah, and every yeah. territory could offer you television. Every territory could offer you. So these guys weren't new to the business, mm-hmm. you know. And that's one of the things I find kind of weird and insulting today is these new wrestlers getting signed or taking acting classes and stuff like that. And yeah. to me, it's like, you know, what the hell's that? You know, go in your car, drive town to town, make 50 bucks a night. And if you love wrestling, you'll stay at it. If you just get into wrestling for something to do because yeah. you have a dream, like, I don't really care about your dream, you know, because uh, maybe life on the road would, would squash that dream. Or you might survive it and be really good when you're done. That's pretty much the exact same as stand-up comedy. Like, there are a lot of comedians. We that have get a lot in it, common. <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of uh, comics that get into it because they think this is the springboard to fame and they just want to sure. be famous. And then, you know, and a lot of these guys disappear because out there they find out the like three, four years of trying to do comedy and they don't and they don't even crack a, a club circuit uh, or they're still on the open mic scene. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they pack it in and, 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 you know, then you have guys that do stick through it because there are sh- like shit gigs everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so funny, like last night, um, you know, one of my shittiest gigs ever was on this horrible show. Uh Three of us are driving up. I can't even remember. It was northern Ontario, but not not like north north Ontario, but southern north Ontario, like you know, like north of Cambridge and north sure, of, sure, oh, sure. like that north, yeah. like up near the other Great Lakes, you yeah. know, up there there. Uh, so we're um, you know up in like King Carden or something like that. It's still a long drive from Toronto, so mm. and it's a winter time and it's a winter storm, and we're driving up there and on the way to the gig. Uh, my tire goes flat. We have to call CAA in the middle of nowhere. We have to wait. We're two hours late for the gig. The gig mm-hmm. is supposed to be at 8. We're now there at uh, 10, after 10. Uh, the people are still there. They still want the show. Nobody's left. Uh, we do the show. We get out there. We get out of there at 1, and I drive home on the donut and yeah. through the snowstorm, and we get back at into Toronto at like 5, 5.30 in the morning because we can only go so fast. Yep. Like... We're talking, we left there at 5.30 in the day. We got back at 5.30 at the night. The money was not that great. No. The show was a blast. Yeah. You know, and then last night, I'm watching the middle. I was the host. The other guy was uh, was headlining. I had not seen him since that gig. Um, the headliner. Is he still there? Well, he was a lawyer who had also done comedy. But okay. he, I think that was his, like, enough's enough. You really? know, I'm just, done. I'm done. And he had a family and everything. So he's like, Fuck this. Yeah. Uh, but the other guy, the middle guy, was on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon last night. Awesome. Like, that's just, uh, you know, and that's, they, you, you got to grind it out and you got to go where you got to go and you yeah. got to do what you got to do to make it. Where if- well, I, I will say this. If I grew up, if I was a young kid today, I probably would not 
be into wrestling because the stories that were told when I was a kid and the athleticism, that style of wrestling where it was more hold oriented. I, I love that stuff. If yeah. I watched it today, I'd be like, eh, you know, cause yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't grab me the way it used to. Well, know? my roommate, <clears throat> uh, he does not like, he'll like NXT takeovers are great. Like NXT is not WWE. It's WWE run, but it doesn't have, you know, it's just run with Vince's money. It's not run with, with anything because it's, 100 percent indie mm-hmm. like it's the matches like that halftime heat show that they had my friends just discussed this they're like for you people who say you don't like the indies and you like the wwe project uh that in that halftime heat was a pwg card it was all pwg wrestlers that the wwe is signed and mm-hmm. they're doing the same style of like ricochet you can't throw that guy in the air without him landing on his feet yeah yeah it's just like well, he's I, special that guy is is you know, the Rey Mysterio 2.0, when you're looking for that guy to take over, and he backs it up. You know, he's shredded, he's everything. athletic, and, and just everything he does is it's so graceful. I saw him uh, wrestle Chuck Taylor at a PWG show uh, in Reseda when they were there, and uh, the, the top rope broke, mm-hmm. and uh, he did his 750 or whatever he does off the top rope. He did it off the second rope, and it was just like, boom, and it's just like, Holy shit! Like, yeah. yeah, he is so talented and so athletic. Uh, who are some of the guys that you faced that you uh, have have had great matches with? Well, um, you know, throughout the early years, uh, Tyson and I were tag team. Mm-hmm. So there was this awesome tag team called the Suicide Kids out of Toronto. Oh, that's great! Um, had great times with them. There was um, who else did we feud with? We worked a lot for BCW. Uh, and then back then it was uh, that's Scott Demore's promotion. Yeah, and it really was Border City. So we would do Border we would do Border City on one day and then cross over to Detroit and do another show. So we did work both sides of the border back then. So that's cool. It was all fantastic uh, wrestling back then. Now I'm having probably my best matches I've ever had. Twenty years in, just because yeah. now I'm smarter. Um, with like Jake O'Reilly uh, from Toronto, uh, Cody Deaner. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if you ever. Oh well, John Atlas. I'm sure yeah. you've seen him at uh, Greek Town. Yeah. So uh, guys like that, uh, just you know, still, still, you know, testing myself every time I can get in the ring. Well, I I was um, before you came in, I was going through um, your database because they all have that. There's that uh, fandom has a good site where. You can learn who wrestlers are, and mm-hmm. then um, oh, what's the other site? I think it's Caged Caged Heat, maybe or something. Caged something, but um, they have all your stats. Like they have a hundred matches of oh, yours really? listed, and your matches. So I was see. I personally through. am not on any social media whatsoever. Yeah, but our, the company is, yeah. but somebody else runs it because I'm it, a caveman and it frightens me. Oh, <laughs> that's no problem. <laughs> but you've wrestled. I've noticed you've wrestled so many guys. Oh, yeah. Like uh, like Kushida. Like you yes. wrestled him. Yes. Uh, what was it like wrestling him, and when did this happen, and and how did it happen? Well, he was over at Scott's training. I know he can go anywhere because he's a time traveler. That's and right. He's, uh, he's, he's got, got that DeLorean. watch. He's got yeah. that sweet watch. <laughs> but yeah, he was over at uh, at BCW at their uh, dojo, and I think at the time Tyson was the trainer, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah, so we just took him on the road with us. We had a uh, four or five dates in a row, and uh, you know he's fantastic. They had another guy. There was a bunch of great wrestlers. Uh, Brutus Sai. I don't know if you remember him at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the fella who did the Muda thing for a while uh, in TNA? He wore the makeup. And, um, 
I'm not sure, but I remember somebody doing it. Yeah, he was another guy, amazing wrestler. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, so that's that's how that happened. But uh, I've wrestled, uh, you know, my first like name wrestler when I was first starting out was Tito Santana. I wrestled Tito Santana. Yeah. And uh, you know, and take me back to the learning tree and start over again. And because I always tell young wrestlers too, wrestling's all about. Plateaus, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you think you know everything. You're getting out of your wrestling school, and you're only wrestling your friends. Yeah. And then you go out and you wrestle the first guy you've never met before, and then you know you just have to start over every time. So then when you meet a guy like Tito Santana, who's been there, done that, and and he's not doing what he used to do, but he can still work. Yeah. You know, and then he, you know, freaking teach me even more stuff, and then it goes on and on and on and on, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like the first name guy I ever wrestled, but then you just keep going, you just keep learning. Yeah, it's it's like that too. Like even in stand up, like the more you more you watch uh, guys that work above you on the show, the more you're gonna learn. You know, you don't have to like in comedy. You don't have. There are schools where you can go to comedy schools, and mm-hmm. there's one in Toronto, and you can learn how to do comedy if you can pay if you want to pay. Mm-hmm. But it's better just to get the experience by um, by working with professionals and watching how they do, and then ask them questions you know? well, the, the problem with something like wrestling or or, or or comedy is that a lot of it has to do with with your love for it your honest to goodness love for it the problem with paying for a school is people say well i paid my money now i want what i you know where's where's my value for yeah. my money but both what we do it doesn't work that way yeah. you know so you know it, a lot of like you know I, i've been in the ring with guys who've uh, i've screwed up and they you know give me a shot in the mouth and then i go oh i shouldn't have done that and then i keep going Nowadays, if they do that, they get fired, and I don't think that's right. Like, I think it still should be a tough man's sport. I really yeah. do, and 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 even for yourself, like you know, the, that guy couldn't cut the road trip. You know, do you, is is it going to be soon that like you have to include him, even though he doesn't want to? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it just becomes a thing where this business is is about weeding out people who don't have what it takes. Yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, and, and back then it was like even back in the olden days. It was about protecting the business. They broke Hulk well. Hogan's leg. That's, what I was just That's all saying. I have to say. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Took two of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to be in this business, you can come back. Yeah. Holy jeez. Like, then you imagine that. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Yeah. My God. How crazy is that? Ah, oh, that is. That's one of the most insane stories that you that you hear, and it's just, and it's true, and it's. Uh, you know, or just uh, you know, you hear those AWA camps and mm-hmm. like Ricky Steamboat, what he said they would like, yep. how they would have to go through. But like, then look at the people, like out of the how many people started, and then the people who finished. There's only one guy maybe who you never heard of. The rest of them, the Iron Sheik, yeah. Ken Patera. You know, uh, it just it goes on and all on. The all guys. these guys, oh my god! So I guess they weeded them out pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of guys that you don't hear that. That's like, right. That that they you know like. How the fuck did Jerry Blackwell even... Like, <laughs> He's running the <laughs> stairs. Like, no, I don't think I can do cartwheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I might be wearing that black suit he used to wear if I... <laughs> the older I get, I might be yeah. wearing the Jerry Blackwell suit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, there was a guy, who did I watch? There was a WWE show lately I watched. And, um, oh, I think it's Heavy Artillery is the name of the tag team, or Heavy Machinery or something like that. The guy the, looks like Chris Farley. Yeah, the guy that looks yeah. like Farley. He did three cartwheels in one match. I'm like, Jesus oh, ghost of Bam Bam Bigelow. Settle down, yeah, bud. Yeah. And there's no ghost of Bam Bam Bigelow. He's still around. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, or maybe he isn't. It's too he's, hard to remember dead. who's he's dead. The, is he? Yeah. It's too hard. We, that can be a game that we play on the show sometime. It was, 
We'll just uh, I'll bring up the wrestler and you tell me whether we'll he's dead. It it's 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 really fun to watch Survivor Series. As, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good point. And be like, there's a Bret Hart match. I think it's on the first Bret Hart DVD, and it's uh, there's no commentary if I remember. It was just like a match they had filmed. Yeah, and it's him and Bam Bam. They could have been in Mexico or something. What a match! The two of them together, Bret in his prime and and Bam Bam in his prime. Yeah. Bam Bam is so underrated. Oh, that he dude is. could move. Yeah, he can move, and he could. You know, uh, he had a nice drop. I'm a big dropkick fan. You have a nice dropkick. So you. I've been told the, the the unruly dropkick. Yeah, yeah, that, that was uh, a long time ago. Well, that's this is that was uh, t- that was our, one of our finished. Tyson would hold the guy up in a vertical. Yeah, walk backwards. I tag his back. Okay, and then he'd gut him on the other end, and I'd do a springboard nice. right from there and hit him with a dropkick in the back. Yeah, there's not enough drop kicks in wrestling. There, there's, there's no backdrops in wrestling. There's anymore. no backdrops. Yeah, you. Yeah, I've mentioned that on the show before. There's never nobody ever takes a backdrop anymore. Yep. And uh, you know who took a backdrop uh, at the takeover I went to Survivor Series weekend? Velveteen Dream. There you go. And man, did he ever look good that way? He sold it in the air and hit yeah. the ground. And it's like more backdrops. Hell yeah! yeah. I take a backdrop a night. Yeah, I have, I have certain things I have to take, and a backdrop's one of them. Well, you know, there's like certain moves that the people eat, like drop kicks are disappearing, and and backdrops have disappeared. And we have to make the. I wish the super kick would disappear. The super kick. <laughs> well, here's the super, the super. Can we just stop calling it super? Sure. There's nothing super it about it if everybody anybody. does it. It doesn't hurt anybody either. None of that. It's it's like constantly. It just shows you right there. Shawn Michaels must have been like a gunshot because he used to actually beat people with it. Yeah. So these other guys' super kicks are pretty terrible if they can't. Maybe I can help them out. Maybe they can come to Surrey, pay me three grand, and I'll help them with their super kicks. Well, it's not even. We'll like, kick pumpkins in the backyard. It's not even. <laughs> it's not even a finisher. Any first of all, it was only a, like, like it was like just because it was a finisher for Shawn Michaels doesn't mean it's a finisher. That's right. Like it, it, anybody can get kicked in the chin. They're probably going to get back up. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and it, it's, it's just. Uh, it's yeah. part of the storytelling. Let's let's go back to international wrestling. Yeah, where we had um, who I loved the Della Sera brothers. Remember that Rocky mm-hmm. and Bob Della Sera. Yeah, and Rocky uh, Bob was a, like you know you go to old Puerto Rico. There's Bob Della Sera working for Carlos Colon. His brother, on the other hand, I don't know where he came from. <laughs> he had the worst build ever, but he had like the rat tail ponytail, dyed blonde. And, yeah, and him and Gino Brito Jr. were feuding. So he knocked him out with a roll of, with a roll of dimes. There was a uh, an amateur boxer, I think he was an amateur, he may have been a pro, named Trey Travis, who's from the Montreal area. And, and they do all these vignettes of Gino Jr. training boxing with, with Trey Travis, right? Yeah, I do remember these and vignettes. He, and, yeah. he t- and, he t- and he teaches them this thing called the anchor punch, which all it is is a punch, but you hit the ropes and you hit it kind of sideways as yeah. opposed to straight up. But it knocked you out. Right? And that's what they did. And they just teased that punch. You know, they'd hit the ropes, tackle, drop down, and then Junior would cock, would cock his arm back and Bob would drop to the ground, roll to the floor. It was it was amazing. And it was nothing. Yeah. It was, so it's like the super kick, right? It's like it was a punch. That's all it was. But his punch knocked you out. Yeah. That was the difference. It was like uh, it was like the today's uh, Roman Reigns. It was Superman punch. There you go. Type thing like that. Uh, you know, it's uh, even Sean Cena now with his... Uh, Chinese punch, yeah, whatever that is. I don't, know I don't even know is. what that is, but it's. Uh, what are you gonna do? He's calling it. You're gonna right. tell him no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, so uh, tell us, what's your next big card coming up and what's going on? Well, we start off actually next week in Wasaga Beach, uh, Family Day. So we're there. That's our first show of the when's, year. When's Family Day? Is that That's uh, Monday, uh, I think February 18th. Okay. That's, uh, let me just think. Okay. Yeah, this show this show will come out on Thursday. So we can plug that show. I'm yeah. sure. So, yeah. hey, February 18th, Snowman Wasaga Mania. Beach. Snowman Mania. Who's yeah. on the card up there? Oh, boy. Um Tag team championship belt uh, are on the line. I'm who am I? I'm with uh, Scotty the Body. I don't know if you've ever seen him. He's a guy out of Barry. He's a an army dude, big jacked up. Yeah. Um, so I'm, that's who I got. Uh, but I'll be stabbing him with a. I carry a bolt. And okay. I'm stabbing him in the eyeball with it. So that's I'll win. Um, <laughs> Jake O'Reilly's there. Uh, Cody Deaner's defending his title. Cool. So uh, it'll be great. That's awesome. Uh, where do they have that in Wasaga? Uh, right at the sport, I think it's Sportplex. I think yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's we. This might be the fourth time we're there, so we do that cool. once a year. Yeah, it's a great, great show. Do you ever run the shows in the summer there when everybody? We did town? once. They put us on the beach once, and then but the weather, uh, it was it was permitting. Like, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then we were kind of so like the, the the cost that had to go out to have us sit under a tarp yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't pay off. So. It was very WCW when you stand in there think of you having a, a, a like just the <laughs> beach. Yeah. And then the, Thing. It did look cool. We we all have really cool pictures of the ring on the beach, but that's where it's that's where it ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so as long as the pictures, like, oh yeah, it was great. Look at these pictures. So, yeah. That's right. So we go there. We have a big show. We have Ken Shamrock with us uh, in Collingwood uh, coming oh, cool. up in uh, May. Um, Tito Santana's coming to Hanover with us. Yeah, um, we'll be back up in Timmins in April, early May, Subri. So uh, we're busy. We do at least 20, 20 live shows a year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw Tito um, in uh, Toronto. He did his, uh, a lot of the wrestling. Yeah, that's speaking. right. He did his, his story thing. Yeah. Huh? And, uh, and, Would uh, you, do you refer to that as stand-up or do you refer to that as storytelling? No, storytelling. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, well, it's all storytelling. Yeah, but, but it's like, for them, <clears throat> I, I like to call it a spoken word performance. And, uh, and, and some of the guys are like... A lot. This is new to a lot of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like I was with, um, like really Mick Foley started it. Yeah. Um, Mick Foley wanted to become a comedian. Yeah. And he kind of started it. And you know he's and Mick Foley has done so many of these tours. And he's kind of that's he's developed this market now. And then uh, I was uh, with Ted DiBiase on his first tour. I mm-hmm. did uh, his first three shows with him. And uh, I was with Rick Steamboat on his first couple of shows. And uh, it's cool, you know, seeing the wrestlers come in, but comics get mad. Comics are fickle, right? Yeah, They're like, oh, yeah. some another another wrestler taking away my stage time. And it's yeah, like, yeah. It's, you, you're not even going to be booked on a Sunday night at a club anyway, so shut up. What a, how much of a class act is Ricky Steamboat? The best. Oh, my God. The best. He called me a hobo. But aside from that... <laughs> Uh, we did. We did. We uh, we were going from Kingston to Toronto, so we just did the podcast in the car on the way there. Nice. There were like three other people, actually. Like uh, Jan Murphy from Chinlock Wrestling was driving, and uh, he's the founder. Yeah, he runs once a year. Run Chinlock, yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, and then the um, who else was in the car with us? Uh, a report, a girl reporter out of Kansas City that covers wrestling for Slam, uh, Slam and Canoe, mm-hmm. uh, Slam and um, and then uh, an artist who does incredible artwork uh, for wrestlers 
who's going back to WrestleMania. He gets invited to all the fan access and stuff to sell his things. Mm. And uh, he's amazing. So uh, there's a collection of us in the and steamboats in the front seat, and I'm in the back. So I just break out all this equipment I have here, and I'm just like, all right, let's do this. So, and he just turned around, and for 45 minutes, I mm. asked him everything that I wanted to ask him. Like, yeah. you know, were the ninjas real that he had of to fight? They were. Then he's like... Well, they were all a bunch of guys from a dojo uh, in Philadelphia. So they really were ninjas. Well, they were they were they were, they were judo guys, yeah, yeah. but none of them were ninjas. <laughs> they were all white guys, and uh, and I said I said the last guy had Nikes on, so I always suspected that they weren't real. The ninjas. guy who went over the who went over the bridge had Nikes on. Yeah, <laughs> the guy who took the bump. Yeah, he took the he had Nikes on, <laughs> and and I so I would question the valid the validity of the ninjas. And they I weren't said, tabby Nikes <laughs> like, with the little toe in them. No, no, they were like <laughs> Jack Trippers, you know, yeah, just just gray and red strip. Nice. And, uh, and they were the Larry Dallas yeah, shoes. They, were, they weren't even they, so. And I said, I said, like, I just, I just thought, like, so it's a bunch of white guys in in Japan pretending to be ninjas. I was like, and he goes, no, no, it was at the Oriental Garden in Philadelphia. I'm like, what? <laughs> And then I was like, do you tell me it's just a bunch of judo guys from Philadelphia that are as white as, as, as cream cheese? And then I said, Philadelphia cream cheese? It all and comes then, together. And then he just looked at me and went, ugh. He was just disappointed that I tried to work. I took his, I worked it into a horrible pun, you know, into the Philadelphia cream cheese line. And That's awesome. Like, oh, we, had him, we had him two years ago. In uh, We did Collingwood and Hanover with him, and he did a meet and greet. and. You know, we didn't know what he wanted to do. He ended up, of course, coming in and chopping the hell out of me. And uh, yeah. and I think he, him and Cody Diener did a double DDT the second night to somebody. But what a class act, man, I'll tell you. And he, he would, you know, after, before the show, everybody would go to the ring and he'd just talk to us. And we were all sitting there, you yeah. know. And, and, that's, and that's what I tell a lot of the young guys, too. Like, you never feel like you know everything. You no. know what I mean? Like, how, how could you be doing wrestling Doing what we like, even you driving and doing all this stuff, that, and I'm, I've been doing it for twenty years, still driving and snowstorms and all that. If I didn't love what I'm doing, yeah. and I wasn't excited to get there and do something new and learn something, new, yeah, you know, yeah, I was, uh, I was very excited to come to Lively. I was in Lively last night doing a show at the uh, at, at the the grid. Yeah. yeah, and it was packed, and you know, then. And then here tonight, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, I, I have no problem traveling in the winter and whatever. And it's well, actually a busy get the, time of year. Like I, I own the, this company, but I don't do the booking. And mm-hmm. when I get the booking sheets, uh, I get excited. I, oh my god, I get to wrestle this guy. I'm so excited, you know. And, and then I just my brain just starts going. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? You know what I mean? And I still have that that excitement. And I how, hope. How do you how do you build your matches? Like, is it like Steamboat and Savage where? Savage was like every single. Well, thing I, was, was I do get in trouble for doing forty-five minute matches. However, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like sometimes you know what to get the crowd because you know we're in an indie setting and we don't have a house show, so we don't do subbery once a month. Yeah, you know what I mean. We travel. We do like the old style of wrestling, so we feel like when we go there, we have to reintroduce each character to the audience. Yeah. So someone like myself. I can, I can, if, you know, if there's a, if something happens, let's say uh, somebody does a mic spot and it doesn't work out very well and then the crowd's confused, yeah. then it's my job to come out and I will get everybody back in, in order and I'll get them to start booing me and I'll get them to start hating me and I'll go in the ring and I'll run away and I'll go in the ring and run away and you make them mad. But sometimes that takes time and then I go over my limit, but I pay the bills so I can do that. But, um, 
there is that art form of, of taking a crowd, which you do all the time, and uh, and telling them, no, I'm going to work you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and then and that's that's uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get them back in the saddle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting because like you know that's one like one thing is uh, but it takes confidence, right? Yeah, you have to have confidence in yourself to go out and do that. Like you're just running out there and. And uh, especially for for you, like like Jesus, uh, you, we have very similar jobs because you're there by yourself. What are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, you know, you don't have a team. Like it's not a no. team sport. I what even, are you gonna do? I even like to think that constructing constructing a set is it would be similar to building a match because um, you know there's uh, you have your you know you have your moments planned where um, we're gonna get to off to a good start. I have a finisher. And then I have a couple other finishers that I'm going to put in the middle of the match, and then mm-hmm. and then everything in between these moments here will just be lesser, but still good stuff. And then you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's so because you want it to be like a, a ride. If it's all you know, their guys like I killed for 40 minutes straight. I'm like, that must be exhausting. Yeah. Like, why would you? Just, I mean, if you have it up to here, like, there's no need to speed. That's when right. you can take your time, you know. So, uh, and a lot I think of times it's, it's like music too, right? If you're a guitar player and you do too much, it just sounds like noise. If you take a lot of that out and just play the sweet stuff, then everybody understands. Yeah, yeah. There's Chris uh, Jericho always tells a story about uh, watching the Hall of Fame, or he's at the Hall of Fame. They had all these guitarists on stage, and they all took their their time. They all took a solo, and they're all like soloing. And then it came to Keith Richards. And like five other guys have already done solo, so he just came out and just hit one chord, and then went <laughs> and back. Cool. And everybody's like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Yeah," but it was the right chord, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's and it's uh, he looked cool, cool as hell. So, so it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, it's so funny because you, I like looking at the guys that you've wrestled that I've seen. You know, you've wrestled so many guys that are in this year's PWI 500. Yeah. Uh, what's it going to take for the tornado to crack the PWI you 500? Know, Is it going to happen? Well, because I'd have to fill out the form myself, and, do, do, and I just that, don't do, do that. Do you have to fill out a form? I believe so. I don't know. I, I, Is it like Canadian Comedy Awards? You nominate yourself? I don't know. Is that what happens? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Can I get a Juno? <laughs> you, do, you do have to fill out your own forms as you know. There's, there's, I, I started, I released my album last year, uh, Different Jokes. And uh, and it's my third CD, and I released it, and then there came time to fill it. To, to some, I was going to submit it for a Juno, and I started filling. I'm like, oh, this is too much paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I was like, I don't understand. Can I lie when I'm filling this out? <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I was like, I'll go for a Canadian Comedy Award. It's way yeah. less. It's way less. It's way less. It's easier. Uh, so you know. You know uh, what, man? Is that at, at a certain point, like so through wrestling whatever we did about maybe seven years and then we started getting a ton of dark matches mm-hmm. and we did about four me tyson bobby Roode, um after uh, eric young after us for about a year and then he came along this guy larry destiny out of uh windsor anyways we would work i'm i'm not joking 18 dark matches a year <laughs> okay and we were just on the road all the time and we did that for about four years now with the dark match like for the for the wwe yeah now who now who so who are some of the guys that you faced in these dark matches? Oh man, well the best stuff was so basically well, I'll tell you like this is what happened. We get there for around noon. There was like a little training thing we used to do where everybody would stand around and we'd just wrestle whomever, mm-hmm. and then uh, you'd get either a dark match, which was uh, you know jobbers like us could actually get offense, yeah. right? 
But then that was the time when then they would also tape Heat or Velocity where we got no offense. Yeah. Right? So so you'd want to get the dark match spot so you could at least wrestle. Yeah. And not just get your ass kicked. But then a lot of times you ended up doing all three. So it was like you'd wrestle the dark. And, uh, you know, so it'd be like me and Tyson would tag against, uh, you know, remember Nick Sin uh, or uh, Kazarni? Yes. So it'd be like him and this Larry Destiny guy were at the, uh, at, um, where did the Maple Leafs play? What's that? Uh, I mean, uh, the Rogers. Rogers Center. Center. Yes, yeah. we're there. ACC. Yeah. Or, well, it's Yeah, it was Scotiabank. the ACC back then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it still the ACC? It's Scotiabank know. Center now. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, so we'd wrestle them there in a tag, but it wasn't like, you know, uh, it was mm-hmm. just the opening match before cameras ran. Then we'd go back. You know, clean up a bit, go out, and I'd wrestle, you know, uh, Baldo or uh, whoever, you know, one of, yeah. like the FBI, uh, whatever, and then yeah. and then come back and then dress up as a cop and get beaten up by the Undertaker as a policeman, you know, yeah. and it was and then go the next town and do it again on the Tuesday night. Yeah. But we were working. We went to Halifax and then uh, pretty well anywhere around here, and then down into the states, into Chicago, all the way around Chicago, and so we just did it forever and then all of a sudden it was like we're not going to get signed are we <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so even though you're there so much it was ridiculous all of a sudden you show up in like uh adam rose's road buds you're one yeah, of the way before buds. that bro but I, way before that, i was on shotgun saturday night oh that's my how old god I am. yeah that's crazy my first dark match was me and bobby against or first televised match was me and bobby against perry saturn and Dean malenko so this would have been around the same time that, that, that of course, uh, you know, like Tyson's famous velocity yeah. dance. You know? and, and that was pretty well, yeah, well, the, the match where he did his knee in, when yeah. uh, Jindrak did his knee in, yeah, yeah. that was it for me. I, that was, I, I was done at that point because I kind of burnt a few bridges there and I just, you know, it was, I was just at, at a point where, you know, it was obvious we weren't going to get signed. So it was just like, uh, you know, yeah. why are we, the, this guy, Tyson got hurt because this guy is so big and strong. He can't even whip him across the ring yeah, he properly. Has, no, he has you know no I mean? idea what he's doing. Yeah. No idea what he's doing. Like how you know you get hurt doing whatever, but you get hurt on the Irish whip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so, not good. so I was done after that. So and then I just and then came back and just thought, well, well how am I going to keep doing this? And uh, so I just you know, like I said, I, I, I want to build something. So I started Rock Solid Wrestling and keep at it, man. That's it. Well, that's uh, that's a good way to go out on Rock Solid Wrestling. That's right. Folks, Rock Solid Wrestling, you can find them on the Facebook. internet. Facebook? Yep. Where else can we find you? Uh, where else can we find you? We'll Me personally? I have nothing. Well, I don't exist on the so, internet. But... So, we, so El Tornado <laughs> does not exist on the internet. Uh, tornado does not exist. You don't even know. That's the sad thing. You'll come through your town, wreak havoc, and you'll be gone before you know it. That's right. Um, so, uh, you're not on Twitter or anything like that? No, sir. But, but you're... But Rock the, Solid is. Rock Solid Wrestling is on Twitter. Yes, sir. And is on uh, Facebook. And Instagram, yeah. And Instagram. Yep. So, check all those out uh, on in Sudbury on Eastlink TV, 11 p.m. Saturday nights. Yeah, well, it's uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Saturday and Sunday, uh, new episodes, and then it'll replay again, 11.30, and then we're on every night at midnight. Are you ever, uh, is there uh, any chance that uh, you might have a YouTube channel or something on YouTube? That's, that's, we are on YouTube, uh, but uh, it's to come. We're going to, it's all yeah. getting cleaned up. Because, like, Major League Wrestling, they they do a great job on YouTube. Like, yeah. their show is on YouTube every week, and I yeah. love it. And their talent's great. And, yeah. And, uh, New Heart Foundation. Oh, Teddy Hart. Have you, have you ever wrestled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teddy no, Hart? I don't know him. I don't know him at all. You never no, had a wrestle? No. Him and his cats? Oh, my God. It seems like such a character. I've heard many a story. Of I've course. Many a story. Of course. Everybody has. 
uh, folks, well, thank you for joining us this, this week on Talking Wrestling. Uh, I've been with uh, the tornado up here in Sudbury, uh, embracing the, the cold and uh, enjoying the heat. And um, I'm off to do a show. And you guys, I hope you enjoyed the, this week's episode. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us on the show. And let us put a headlock in your ears. Have a great night and day. All right. We'll see you later now. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 